Hello, my faith-based investors. This is Financial Advisors. Say the darndest things. I am your host and my mom's favorite faith-based investment advisor, A.B. Ridgeway. If this is your first time to the show, I want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill and want to learn more ways to increase your faith and increase your finances, then welcome back. We have a very exciting show for you today. Today, we'll be talking about Christian finance, the spirit versus the numbers, which is more important, the dangers of picking cheap stocks, and if we have time, how to stop yelling and having arguments about faith and money with people you love. Let's start with that. Let's start with how to stop the arguments, you know, get the show off right, right? Our scripture comes from Romans chapter 4, verse 1, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Do you feel weak in your faith? Does it make you feel uncomfortable having conversations about it? Because maybe you're not as strong in it as you feel you should be. Well, here, Paul's writing to the church in Rome and he's speaking on judgment. And I think we've all heard the saying, judge not lest ye be judged first. But Paul provides the key that I believe many of us may have missed to accept them. Understanding that everyone's faith is not going to be as strong as yours. See, I had the privilege of going to a gumbo cook-off down here in Louisiana this past Sunday. I mean, the festival was great. Great people, it was a beautiful day, a nice breeze. And now, don't get me wrong, the humidity down here in the bayou is no joke. So I was definitely sweating and I need my little cloth to kind of wipe my forehead every now and again. But I was talking to a client and the concept of acceptance came up. And he's from out of state, but now calls Louisiana home. As we've discussed before on the show, I was explaining my motivation for creating such content. And the base of it is that this show is not to make you feel bad about your level of understanding of finance, or even faith for that matter. It is not to dispute over financial topics such as ESGs versus traditional mutual funds. And it's not to argue over which one's better, the snowball technique or avalanche technique when it comes to managing your debt. Because as the scripture says, we should accept each other without quarreling over disputable matters. Yes, there will be financial topics that advisors will disagree about, but that doesn't make one better than the other. Together, we can actually do more. It is through this acceptance that we all get better. Everyone may not have the opportunity to have a personal financial advisor show up at one of their events, and we all handle our finances differently. Doesn't mean anyone is better than the next. Today, I want you to think about the things that you differ with, with your spouse, with your brothers, your sisters, your mom and dad, and ask yourself, is it worth losing a person of faith because they choose to worship a little bit differently? Is it worth losing a friend because they choose to celebrate a different day than you? Paul is trying to unite the Jew and the Gentile alike, and it is in this verse that A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management is built on. Whatever anyone does in finances or in their faith, they are doing it for the Lord. And that is just something we should not argue over, but accept. Let's get to the next topic. When we're looking for advisors, sometimes we're looking for the people with the most letters behind their name, right? Somebody with a very high IQ. But have we ever thought about maybe we need to look at advisors with high EQ, which is emotional quotient, how they feel how they make you feel, how they understand emotions when it comes to finances, right? So we have to remember as good advisors become more accessible regardless of zip code due to virtual advisors like you're listening to today, where I can serve clients in California, 
in Texas and Louisiana, Florida, um, North Dakota, anywhere in the 50 states. So you don't have to be confined to your neighborhood to find a good advisor. If you want to work with a faith-based advisor because there's no one in your neighborhood or you feel like you're not matching with anybody, you can always reach out, right? But we are seeing a decrease in clients actually willing to accept the poor interactions they receive from their advisors. The scripture comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Years ago, clients had to either deal with the advisor in their local neighborhood or city or risk doing it themselves. Today, it's a different story. We're finding clients who want more than just a financial advisor. They're interested in somebody they know cares about them and their family just as much as their finances. In a recent article uh, titled, There's a Growing Demand for Psychology in Financial Planning, How Top Firms Use It in Their Practices. Michael Cornfield, owner of Heritage Investors Management, states, A lot of people say, I can handle a 10% or 20% correction until it happens. You have to understand, financial advisors and planners cannot control the market. We can only control how we participate in it. In these situations, we find the client eager to liquidate everything. You know, put the money in a mattress, you know, close their eyes until danger goes away. Even though this may be a temporary fix to their anxiety, it is sure to create future consequences that they may not be ready for. A few months ago, we saw inflation rates go up around 4%. So what do we do? I don't know, you're probably shrugging your shoulders at this point. You want your advisor to do like the scripture says, share in the suffering as a good soldier. Your financial advisor should be able to share in your fear, warranted or not. It starts with good communication skills and the ability to listen to your clients, acknowledging their fears, and drafting plans to alleviate them of it. When you don't feel your advisor shares in your pain, it's going to create conflict. That is why there seems to be this push toward psychology courses and financial planning certificates. I mean, not because the industry wants us to become therapists. They want advisors to be able to develop those soft skills to better serve clients. Today, I want you to ask yourself, does my financial advisor have my best interest in mind? When there's a market correction and the value of my portfolio drops 10 to 20%, is he or she the person I want to be by my side to guide me through that storm? I mean, these are the tough questions to ask, but they're very important. So the next time you meet with your advisor, take a look at how he speaks to you about your investments. Is he genuinely interested? Does he prioritize the same variables for strong consideration before making a recommendation as you do? Or is he distracted and only interested in his own recommendations? Well, ladies and gentlemen, let, let's pause for a second. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please go and subscribe. Um, be sure to leave comments and questions. We'd love to hear from you. It is your feedback that allows this podcast to keep growing and getting better with every show. If you love the content that we share here, be sure to follow our Faith and Finance blog where you find these topics every Tuesday and Thursday. You can go to our website, www.abrwealthmanagement.com. Click on Christian Media and have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors for free. Well, at the moment, I can't promise that once we have the members area up that this content may shift over there. So make sure that you sign up so you are one of the first to be notified. Uh, before we get back to the show, let me just say, 
Um, follow us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below. All the links will be provided. So let's get back to the show. So as an investor, you don't need a lot of money to invest. But with all these investment apps that give you a portfolio with just one click, um, this barrier to entry may increase your chances of losing all of your money in the stock market. And I know what you're thinking. I'll just take my $10 and buy this stock. It's cheap. And it looks like I can get two shares. I mean, why not? Everyone's telling me I should invest, right? Well, with the introduction of social media memes and investment apps, there's this new wave of investors and everyone's excited to learn about finances. They even have kids investing in buying their first stocks. And this is amazing. Well, sort of. Investment apps typically provide low minimums and trades that are not commissioned. So investing that $10 couldn't be easier and cheaper than hiring a stockbroker to do it for you. But I'm here to tell you why you should rethink. So we're going to dive deeper into why you shouldn't buy penny stocks, at least if you're new to investing. A penny stock is a stock that trades for less than $5. The companies behind them are either unproven or in financial trouble. And if you can't read a financial statement, you won't know which is which. Some established incredible investment firms will require seasoned investors to meet a certain criteria and even sign a disclosure before allowing them to invest in penny stocks. Some of the criteria include, but not limited to, at least five years of investment experience, a net worth of $1 million or more, a signed acknowledgement that you understand the risk of penny stocks, and rules stating that they cannot make up more than 20% of your portfolio. But make sure you check with your local firm for your specific criteria, if applicable. So why are people scared of penny stocks? You know, as a beginner, you're just becoming introduced to the world of finance. There is a reason why the penny stocks are so cheap. So let me go over a few reasons if you're not scared why you should be. The first one is liquidity. These stocks are not traded often. So if you want to sell it and get your profit, it may be hard to find a buyer. And that means you may be stuck with a stock that is declining and there's nothing that you can do. Two is financial issues. A company may be struggling to pay their investors or their products may have been impacted by market trends. There's a multitude of reasons why a stock may be struggling. But one thing for sure, their stock price is not as low for no reason. I mean, Google's nearly $3,000 a share as of today, so kind of let that simmer in your spirit. Uh, three, increase risk. Yes, you may invest and double your money when a $1 stock goes up to $2. Very exciting. But with the potential for such big gains, you also increase the risk of big losses. And, there, and there's no waiting it out when it comes to bankruptcy. So, as an investor, as a listener, what can you do? I mean, if you can't afford the more expensive shares, what do you do? Nothing? Well, let me tell you. You can always find well-established companies and buy what they call fractional shares. A fractional share is less than one full share of equity. So, such shares may be the result of what they call stock splits or dividend reinvestment plans or similar corporate actions. Let me give you a quick example. I'm going to have you listen closely here because I'm going to run a few numbers. I don't want you to get lost here. Google share price is around $3,000, but you don't have that amount of money. But that's okay. You can invest that $10 and get one three hundredth of a share. 
Now, it doesn't sound sexy that you own one three hundredth of a share, but compared to penny stocks, fractional shares will be the safer option for new investors and even seasoned investors who, who don't want to lose a lot of money quickly. Also, you need to understand that fractional shares are hard to sell as well. If you're going to take this approach, make sure you're aiming to obtain a whole share. Creating a portfolio with 30 fractional shares may cause more harm than good, almost counterproductive. So find a stock and work toward obtaining the whole share. Now, am I saying don't use an investment app? No, <laughs> I'm not telling you that. I'm saying be careful going down a list and choosing cheap stocks. There are other options you could take advantage of than using an app. Now, you, you may be wondering, is investing just $10 worth it? Of course. Here are a few examples of what just $10 a week can do to an investment account. Now, keep in mind, these numbers I'm going to you know, give you are hypotheticals, and they're not guaranteed. The goal is to show the relationship between the different methods of saving that $10 and what difference it can make in the long term. So let's put that in the savings account. We have $10 every week. That's four weeks times 12 months times 30 years. So we have roughly $14,000. Good. After 30 years, you have $14,000. All you have to do is save $10. Perfect. Now, all right. So let's say that you contribute to a 401k that actually matches. Um, the growth rate is going to be 0. 0.000001. Um, I'm just Basically saying it's zero, but there's a little, 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 little bit of growth here. So that's $10 plus your employee's match times four weeks times 12 months times 30 years. That's $28,800.43. So not only did you double your money, you have an extra $800 or so in your account. Sounds pretty good. Now, let's say you put that same money into a 401k with a conservative growth rate of maybe just 5%. Got your $20 times four weeks times 12 months times 30 years with a five-year annualized growth rate. So that means that some years it may be seven, some years it may be three, some it may be eight, some years it may be six. But on average, let's say 5% annualized growth rate, that same $10 turns into $66,858.11. That's some good money. So you're leaving almost $50,000 on the table by just stuffing it in your mattress. So saving $10 matters. We got that. But where you invest that $10 matters even more. That's why it's important to consult with a financial advisor to kind of go over your options because here you're leaving $50,000 on the table nearly just by not putting that $10 in the right place. Now, if you could do this with $10, imagine what you're doing with 1,000, with 2,000 and 3,000. Now, obviously, You'll have to save more than $10 to prepare for your future. But I want to show you the impact that a small savings can make. So suppose you're already saving. Well, putting an extra $10 to save can give you that extra $66,000. That is a nice piece of change. So if you're going to invest that small amount, here are a few tips to help you make that decision. One, add it to your retirement. We just showed you the power of the match. You could potentially earn over double what you would have just by contributing your retirement. And, and that's free money for you. Okay. When you get a raise, your investments should get a raise as well. Your investing strategy should adjust with your income. If you get a 5% raise at the end of the year, make sure you are investing because just because your income goes up doesn't mean your expenses have to go up proportionately. Three, watch the fees. 
If you charge a late fee or maintenance fee on the app or late on your credit card, it can hurt your savings. If you're saving $10 a week, that one late charge can set you back three weeks. So comb through your statements and add notifications on your phone to let you know when major bills are due. Four, invest on a schedule. Pick a schedule you can keep. It could be weekly, but I suggest starting out with a once a month until you develop the habit. The same amount at the same time intervals. I don't want to get into dollar cost averaging, which is a great way to do this, and it's exactly what I'm explaining to you now. I don't want to get into the definition now, but it is a good way to pick up some good stocks at a decent price. And five, don't use your emergency fund. Please, 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 please. Everything we talked about today are investable assets above your emergency fund. If you haven't saved up six to nine months of savings, hold off on this strategy. Wait until you have a good amount of savings because this is going to be your foundation and you don't want to miss that step. Picking cheap stocks can be a dangerous game that you don't want to play. If you're new to investing, you want to lean more on the conservative side. Choosing penny stocks for beginners like learn to swim in the ocean. The risk is not really worth the reward. I want to close in a prayer. Lord, please guide us away from greed. Allow us to be prudent investors. Please give us discernment as we consume the advertisements and the marketing for easy money. Allow us to stay faithful to your vision and your plan for our lives. Give us discernment to choose a financial advisor that I'll be willing to go into battle with. Someone who is strong in your name and willing to help through the fight. Someone who listens, coaches, and wants everyone to win. Lord, provide us understanding as we accept those who may worship you differently. Like Paul states, we all do things for you. I pray for those whose faith is weak, that they continue to learn more and grow in their pursuit. Amen. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner and financial advisor with A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances and you need to speak to a Christian advisor, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule your free consultation. Uh, new episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I'm A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah on Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces the podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah on Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinions and are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast show should be construed as a solicitation or offer a recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the darn distinct podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult with a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.